Oh my god, talk get about the hell out of here. You can dude. talk about Rogers get the hell out of here. Okay. Well, what is the need to bring up the Yankees? You it's just, I it's just it's good stuff to bring up. Are you kidding me? Come on, dude! This came out of nowhere! Clemson is a top team. Don't start with that. Clemson's a top team, no doubt. A hundred percent. Unless they're on Saturday. Then, then they might move down. Welcome back to Go Chat. We are back with episode number 68. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button. Follow along with our journey. If you're not, we have another great episode for you guys today. Obviously, we start every episode with Go to the Number. We're at 68. Uh, we're getting closer to 100 every episode. But with 68, Connor, I'm going to start with you. Who is the go in number 68? Hopefully you go. Uh, hopefully you uh, fix your mistakes from two episodes ago and go hockey here. This one definitely seemed a little bit more evident, so I'm not going to make the, uh, the mistake of messing up again. I may make the mistake of messing up this guy's name. I wish that you didn't throw it to me first. But it's going to be Yaramir Yager. I hope I said that right. Uh, he's a two-time Stanley Cup winner, eight-time All-Star. He has 766 career goals, 1,921 career points. He's still playing hockey, and he's 48 years old. He's overplaying in, uh, where is he now, Russia? The Czech Republic. Or Czech, Czech Republic. He it, won a Hart Trophy. Um, he was a three-time Pearson Trophy winner and then a five-time Ross Trophy winner. Definitely very impressive for someone who is still skating around on the ice today. Yeah, I was – so the thing was, I was going to throw it to Mike, but he was just giggling on the bottom. So I, I had to redirect it over to you, Connor. I'll throw it to Mike now. Mike, I feel like this is rather obvious for you. Yeah, 100%. It's Yarmir Yager. And for those of you that don't know, that don't really follow hockey, especially Yarmir Yager in his uh, career, he's one of my favorite players of all time, especially when he came to Florida. I became a big fan of him. And one thing that Yarmir Yager brings with him is the traveling Yagers. So Yager is very infamous for playing for many, many different teams uh, uh, throughout his career. He played for the Bruins, the Rangers, the Penguins, um, the Flyers, Stars, so many different teams. And so what would happen is that this group of fans, they would wear his wig. That's like his hairstyle, the mullet. And each of them would have a different jersey for a different team. So when I went to go watch a Panthers uh, Rangers game at Madison Square Garden, I had a chance to take a picture with them. And uh, that, that's just a pretty cool story. But yeah, like kind of listed uh, most of the accolades he has. I mean, this guy scored 100 points. How many times? Like five times. Uh, yeah, four times in his whole career. 149 in the 95-96 season. Um, didn't even win the Hart Trophy. Um, I mean, this guy was absolutely amazing. Not to mention he was a great defensive forward as well. Um, really um, locking down that point on, on the wing and dropping down to that uh, high slot when needed. Fantastic, fantastic player. I can't say enough about how great Yager is. Uh, that, that's a cool story. I, I'm not going to lie. Through the picture, I couldn't even tell which one was Mike. They look so similar, but uh, they look just like Yarmir Yager. Tommy, who are you going to go with? Yeah, I have to go with Yarmir Yager as well. Um, you mentioned most of the stats, Connor and Mike. I mean, I couldn't even believe how many teams he played for. Nine teams, right? Yeah. And uh, all the different awards, obviously a tremendous player. And you covered all the stats, but he, he put together a great career. And it's impressive that, you know, he's still playing today. And, you know, he was a highly touted player when he, um, you know, when he was drafted first round, fifth overall. 
and he certainly lived up to the hype. So, um, yeah, Yarmir Yager is my pick for uh, today. To wrap up this episode, go to the number. I'm going to have to agree with you guys and go with Yarmir Yager. Um, pretty much just bouncing off everything you guys said, I mostly remember him with uh, Pittsburgh. Well, not like remember him because I wasn't alive, but like uh, when I when I think about Yarmir Yager, I think of him in Pittsburgh, how great he played there. We talked about two episodes ago with Mario Lemieux, at least the three of us, not Connor. Uh, we talked about <laughs> Mario Lemieux. And they just, uh, they're both really good Penguin, great players. Um, and we got another Penguin great at 87, uh, which will be in what, one or two months um, at this point. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Yager here. It seems like an obvious choice for all You know, of us. I wonder, we, we mentioned that he played for the Bruins. I wonder if when he played in Boston, if his nickname was Boston Yager. <laughs> Connor, I really don't, I don't think so. Darn. That, that would have been cool. It, it would have been a nice little little catchphrase nickname for him that he could have had. But you know what? The Boston fans messed up again. Yeah. Any any final thoughts? Final shout out quickly. I know Tommy. Oh, yeah. Know. Yeah. Delvin Batanzas, number 68, great Yankee reliever. <laughs> and not as great with the Mets, but I hope he turns it around. I'm a big fan of Dallin. So, um, you know, wishing nothing but the best to Dallin. But, yeah, today – I was going to go with Dallin, but Yarmir Yager is the obvious choice for today. Awesome. You know, I, I, we always like to get uh, something that Tommy's some baseball player that Tommy wants. But nonetheless, we got a great episode for you guys. We'll swing it into the next segment next. Welcome back to Go Chat. And we are now here with our next segment. We're going to be talking about some recent transactions that have been going on throughout the entire sports world um, these past couple of days. First off, we're going to start with arguably the biggest one, maybe one of the biggest trades we've seen in recent time in the NBA. It is Houston's shooting guard, James Harden, now is with the Brooklyn Nets, getting back with Kevin Durant on a same team, Kyrie Irving. Hopefully he's going to be back on the court there soon. Brooklyn's got their own big three. I've heard a lot of people saying now it's uh, finals or bust, championship or bust for that team. Some may have already been saying it was, but uh, Harden getting on the Rockets, or Harden, excuse me, going to the Nets is definitely a big trade. Um, in that trade, Victor Oladipo of the Pacers was sent to the Rockets. So they kind of got definitely a step down from Harden, but they do have a replacement there in Victor Oladipo who may be a little bit more team-friendly and cooperative with them. So definitely um, a win for both sides there. Um, I don't know the other players or necessarily where all the other players fell in the trade, but I'm going to swing it to you, Matt. What was your reaction to this? Um, the, the two other big players I'd say is probably Jared Allen, Jarrett Allen, um, to the Cavaliers and then Karis LeVert to the Pacers. But, um, what I thought about this trade is that the Nets gave up a lot. Like, I mean, they kind of gave up what I liked about the Nets is the depth that they had. And now they kind of don't have that. I mean, you throw Deandre Jordan at the center position, um, to fill in where Allen was, and I'm not sure who would be power forward exactly. But then uh, and implementing Kyrie being back, you know, we don't even know what's going to happen there. Um, they just – I mean, Dinwiddie's out too. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just like they, they have a really good big three. I'm not saying they're not going to make it to the finals. They probably will. But it's just – it's a little alarming that you're giving up the, the, the how much they gave up. And it's kind of uh, – I, I would say it's kind of relieving for me because I was worried that the Sixers were going to give up too much. Um, now, I, I did hear something, and I don't know if it's incredibly factual, but I heard that the 76ers had a deal in place or they had offered 
Houston a trade that was including Ben Simmons and um their rookie that they drafted. Tyrese Maxey, yeah. I, I, Maxey's been balling out, so I don't know how I'd feel about that. But uh, just it, it's kind of like a fresh breath of air um, seeing James Harden done, seeing that drama all done we've talked about before. Uh, in, in regards to the other teams, I think the Rockets getting out Oladipo, that's pretty pretty intriguing uh, to see Oladipo, John Wall, see what they could do with the Rockets. I definitely think the Rockets are going into a little rebuild phase and they're going to try to make it to the top eventually in the future. And I think they, they have a bright one. Um, and the Karis LeVert to the, and Allen, you know, we'll just have to see how those play out. Definitely going to be some interesting stuff to watch this season. You know, Tommy, you're, you're the Brooklyn Nets fan here. You're the one that posted it in our group chat. You were the first one to make the, make the news to us, so to speak. So uh, what was your reaction? Yeah. I mean, I think it's great for Brooklyn, but at the same time, I do agree with you. I think they gave up a ton, uh, you know, for James Harden, but at the same time, it kind of makes you wonder, right? Like, does that say something about the, the future of Kyrie with Brooklyn? Because as of right now, we don't know when he's going to be back. We know that the NBA, um, you know, they're investigating uh, that video. So I'm not exactly sure, you know, I'm not sure if what the plan is with Brooklyn, right? If they're planning to keep Kyrie and they have the big three there, or if they gave up so much because they're thinking we can't rely on Kyrie and we might have to trade him. I'm not exactly sure, but, um, you know, I think that it's great. You know, anytime you acquire James Harden, it's a great day for your team. But at the same time, I agree with you, Matt. They did give up a lot. Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, um, and a lot of draft picks. But, um, you know, overall, I think it's good for this year for sure. Um, it could hurt the future, but, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, Tommy mentions the draft picks. I believe it was four first-round draft picks up until 2024 that was included in that deal going to Houston. So that's definitely – the entire future of the Nets, but Mike, I'm going to swing it to you. Um, yeah, it was it was four first round picks, like alternating every year, and in between all those years are four first round pick swaps. So if the Nets have a higher pick than the Rockets, the Rockets can uh, jump up there and swap with them. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't really shocked given what Harden uh, came out and said in that press conference and uh, what his all his teammates said. Um, so. I thought it was a good trade for Brooklyn. Obviously, they get another superstar, right? And I think they have the most talented big three of all time. The big three in Miami, it, it was great, but I don't think any other team in NBA history has had three top 15 players in the league during this time. I, I really don't think that's disputable. I don't know why you guys are making that face. I think you're nuts. I mean, I would, I would kind of argue Golden State's Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson that could be in the top. Well, I mean, like, I feel like, sure, Steph's a little better than James, right? But then I feel like Kyrie's just better than Clay. You know what I mean? But he, he, here's the thing that I, I want to I'm, I'm, I'm saying the most talented between all three. I'm not saying okay. they do not fit the best. I'm, I'm not trying to make that argument. I'm just saying that it's championship or bust for the broken right now, and I don't really know if that's going to happen, given the state and the head case that uh, Kyrie Irving is and the inexperienced head coach um, – that they have in Stephen Ash. Yes, they have, you know, Mike D'Antoni and Amari Stoudemire on the bench that can help him out um, through his journey coaching this team. But um, I'm not really worried about the depth because just they're going to have one of those three players on the court at every single moment. Um, but I'm only worried if the pieces are going to fit together in the puzzle. 
That's the only thing I'm worried about. If they make that happen, if they make everyone happy, um, I think it'll work out. But I think Kyrie, he, he wants to be the number one option. He was the number two option. Now he's number three. So God knows what's going on with him, but I'm not sure if it's going to work out. But huge move for the Rockets getting a big haul in return. I, I really don't know why they trade Levert for Oladipo. I personally think that Levert's um, the more valuable piece. He's younger. He has more potential um cheaper but uh they made the move victor oladipo is a nice piece but big haul for the rockets uh pacers got a nice piece and brooklyn championship or bust yeah i definitely think uh just to go along with everyone's point here that i think that there was definitely a little bit too much given up for james harden and then just just to kind of combat mike's statement there about the big three i mean yes kyrie irving kevin durant and james harden are all huge names in the nba then we also have to think it's Kevin Durant's first year after tearing his meniscus. No, no, it, it hasn't really been bothering him, so to speak, which is great. Kyrie Irving is constantly disappearing and taking these days off, which, I mean, if he's not on the court, then you're not a big three. And James Harden is coming off one of the biggest like drama things that we've seen in the NBA in recent years. And I mean, who knows if all this drama and all this off the court fiasco is going to hinder his play. I mean, maybe new, new city, new James Harden, maybe he gets back to that old self, but I mean, I would slow the roll on the whole best big three of the, like of all time, just because they haven't played a game together. yet. I'm not saying that they're, they're going to be the best. I think it's going to be really tough to make it all work out. I'm just saying that individually they are the most talented big three together. They can all, um, uh, create shots for themselves and create shots for others. I just don't know if it's going to come together. I was saying that it's the most talented. I never said it was the best big three. I'm saying that um, the talent combined between all three of the players is the most we've ever seen that in the NBA. That That's the only point I was trying to make. I, personally, I really don't think it's going to work out. Um, I, I just think it's too many conflicting personalities, but that that's the only point I was trying to make, that they're supremely talented and that should work out, but the next transactions, um, three head coaches have been hired in the NFL, one coming from college and then two former offensive coordinators. Um, the one coming from college is Urban Meyer. Everyone knows I'm a huge fan of Urban Meyer. I think he can do really good things in Jacksonville. He is in Jacksonville. Um, Robert Sala was hired by the New York Jets on Thursday night. Great move. We can get into that. And then Arthur Smith was hired Friday afternoon by the Atlanta Falcons. They had offered him a deal Friday morning. He went to a visit with the Eagles, I believe it was, and then he accepted the deal Friday afternoon. So now he is the head coach for the Falcons. Definitely three big moves here. Um, two big names off the board for the um, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators in the NFL. And then Urban Meyer was, it was either Jacksonville or he wasn't going to coach. So definitely three big names here. Um, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you first. What what are these people, these coaches getting hired mean for these teams? Well, I think I'll start off with Jacksonville first. I think it means a bright future. I think it means commitment, um, given that Urban Meyer really only wanted to coach with Jacksonville. He wants Trevor Lawrence. He wants to coach him. He wants to uh, groom him into a future NFL star. And I feel like that's the only reason why he wants to go to Jacksonville, come back in the NFL. Um, through the past couple of years, there's been plenty of opportunities for him to come back, but he waited and he pounced on this opportunity just for Trevor Lawrence he is fully committed. He's fully in. And I think he'll bring in a, a really good staff um, and he'll have success throughout his whole career. He's had success where, wherever he's gone, whether it's Florida, Ohio State, now Jacksonville. 
I think they'll be a team to watch in the coming years. Um, with the New York Jets, I like I like the change in culture. I think uh, Robert Sala, um, he's gonna bring you know that just a really 49ers mentality. And what I mean by that is just the next person up. Over the past couple of years, we've seen the 49ers have a lot of injuries, but someone always steps up and they usually compete for games. And I think he'll bring that mentality. He'll be good. He'll bring in really good uh, defensive system that he had uh, in San Francisco. And that's also good hire. I think probably the, my, I like our Arthur Smith, but he did have Derrick Henry and one of the best running backs in the league. They don't have anything near that in uh, Atlanta. So I'm kind of worried about that, but they still have explosive offensive pieces with uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan is still a really good quarterback. So I think these all were, were good hires, nothing out of the blue, but uh, all really good solid hires. Matt, what's your, what's your analysis on these three names here? Um, I would say my favorite one out of these is Sala. I feel like he was one of the best coaching candidates in this coaching uh, candidate pool per se on uh, this off season alongside I'm really high of uh, Joe Brady, who's probably who hopefully will get signed as a head coach soon enough. But I like Salah. Um, you know the 49ers defense has been incredible these past few years, and he's really been that mastermind. He should probably should have been hired last year, um, but but I'm just glad to see him hired now. I think he's one of the, the better candidates, and it's definitely uh, probably relieving as a Jets fan like you, Connor, and probably a, a Jets franchise to. Uh, get a new head coach in and get uh, get a new just a whole new slate uh, kind of coping with uh, Adam Gase's last season uh, this past year and in regards to Urban Meyer that's I don't know I'm a little iffy on that one I'm not sure if Urban Meyer is going to be an incredible coach as he was in college because we see we saw Nick Saban come to the NFL and that just didn't work out so I don't know how that's going to translate and they're really taking a um, shot in the dark with this because Urban Meyer hasn't coached in three years, two, three, two years, two years. Two years. So um, it's definitely, it definitely could be a great hire, but I'm just a little iffy on that. I'd probably say Salah's my favorite one out of three. And then uh, the last one, you know, the, the Titans offensive coordinator, they've had some great offensive coordinators in the past few years, one being Matt LaFleur. Um, so we'll see how it is. We'll see how it is. Um, and also, I like bringing in uh, Mike LaFleur with, uh, with the Jets, too, as the offensive coordinator. It was a good move, too. Tommy, what are you thinking? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Urban Meyer move, I'm not exactly sure because it's a two-year deal, right? And, you know, will he be around, you know, beyond that? I'm not sure. So, see, that's kind of difficult because you're bringing him in for Trevor Lawrence, right, which – you know, I think that he could do a good job. I mean, obviously with Ohio State and, uh, you know, throughout his entire college career, he was with Bowling Green, I believe, Utah, Florida. He was great, 187 and 32 all time. So it's tough to be much better than that. But like you brought up, Matt, that doesn't always translate to the NFL, like with Nick Saban. And, um, you know, I certainly think that he can do well, but I don't know if he's somebody that's in it for the long haul. So because of that, you know, I'm a little iffy too. And then, um, you know, Robert Sala, I think that is a good move for the Jets. I mean, you know, everybody agreed that it was time to move on from Adam Gase, right? And, you know, they did that by bringing him in. And it seems that everyone likes him 
uh, you know, everything that they say about him. He came from the 49ers. So certainly think that that'll be a good uh, culture change for the Jets. And, uh, you know, with Arthur Smith, he's been in the league for a long time. He's been a coach. Um, you know, he started out in college with North Carolina in 2006. Um, then he went to Washington for a couple of years, came back to college, and then he's been in the NFL ever since. He's been with the Titans since 2011. And, you know, all good things about him as well. So, um, you know, he, he had various roles with the Titans. And like you mentioned, most recently, the offensive coordinator. So I think that's a good move. He's an experienced coach. And yeah, I think they're all pretty good moves. Yeah, you know, the, the thing with Urban Meyer is he left Ohio State because of like he would always get really bad migraines and headaches. And he has a lot of health issues that he's dealing with. And he took the retirement to go spend time with his family in case anything were to happen with this with his health health risks. So I definitely think they're taking a huge step with Urban Meyer coming in. I mean, it's definitely a risk. Tommy mentions it being a two-year deal. I think a lot of that has to do, that was probably Urban Meyer saying, I just want a two-year deal to see how his body is holding up throughout the two-year deal to see if he can continue to be a head coach in the NFL. Um, he, he has a great offense. Um, I definitely think he can be a great coach for Trevor Lawrence and for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they have really young players on the defense and CJ Henderson, Miles Jack, um, Josh Allen, Joe Schobert. All of these players are really good. And I really think that these players can excel under Urban Meyer. It's just all about if he can actually take that step from college to the NFL and the coaching realms and actually succeed. As far as Robert Sala, I mean, being a Jets fan, I was so relieved on Thursday night when the news came out that uh, he was hired. He was in the building on Tuesday night. Um, he left without a deal. He went to Philadelphia on Wednesday and then the Jets hired him on Thursday. So definitely it was a huge relief. They got their guy. Um, he's definitely going to bring that intensity. Anyone who knows Robert Sala knows he is running around the sideline. He is hugging his players. He is talking to his players consistently. He's always game planning. Um, when he first started out in uh, Houston, he was like a, uh, he was the scout team coach in Houston in like 2003. And uh, I read something that normally scout coaches, they don't get paid a lot of money. They don't put a lot of time into their job. They just make sure that the scout team can go out there and give the first team reps and give them good looks. And Robert Sala just showed so much intensity in his first job in the NFL when he was 25 years old that, I mean, it was only a matter of time until he got up there to be a head coach. And Richard Sherman, shortly after he was hired, uh, went to Twitter and said the Jets got a great one. Um, it's definitely going to be a definite big culture change. It was a huge weight off the shoulders seeing a new coach come in after Adam Gase. Um, Mike LaFleur being the offensive coordinator, I think can be really, really good. I like that addition. Um, you know, he was the passing game coordinator in San Francisco. So you just got to hope that he's able to bring a really good offense to New York. Um, I'm interested to see who they're going to bring in for a defensive coordinator. I'm intrigued by the DBs coach in New Orleans, Aaron Glenn. He, he played for the Jets back in the 90s. So I think he could be a really good um, defensive coordinator. But Sal is definitely a good hire. As far as Arthur Smith, um, Mike kind of alluded to it. He has experience in the NFL, but he also has Derrick Henry and a stud of a receiver um, in A.J. Brown and a, and a consistent quarterback over the past couple of years in Ryan Tannehill. Now, yes, Tannehill over his career has been very consistent when he was with Adam Gase in Miami. But 
when he's been in Tennessee, he has looked consistent. Is that due to Arthur Smith or Matt LaFleur when he was still there as the offense coordinator? I mean, potentially. Um, the Falcons are probably going to be taking quarterback with the number four overall pick, I would assume, because Matt Ryan is one year left on his deal. Um, it's going to be interesting. I definitely think all of these coaching candidates have a huge upside to their hire. Sal was hired for five years. I don't know the logistics of Arthur Smith's deal, but I mean, you would assume he's a middle-aged head coach, probably three to four years. I would, I would assume there. Um, but I think the biggest news of this all, and yes, he's still coaching in the NFL um, in the playoffs, but Eric Bieniemy, um, the Jets interviewed him, the Jaguars interviewed him and the um, Falcons interviewed him. I could say that the only place where I'll probably see Eric Bieniemy going this offseason if he does get a job is Houston. And that's because of the whole Deshaun Watson um, trade rumors and everything. And he wants Eric Bieniemy to be his coach. So it might be another offseason without Eric Bieniemy getting a NFL head coaching job, which I think would be incredibly wrong because he's a great mind in the NFL. Sorry, I was on mute for a second. Um, Matt Ryan's contract's actually up until 2024. Um, but still, but yes, I, I'll agree with you. I still could see them taking a quarterback. Um, hopefully, probably at that point, trying to shop Ryan or having a quarterback sit for a few years. But definitely, I think, I think the enemy should definitely be hired somewhere. He deserves it. Uh, the Chiefs have had an amazing offense. Uh, a lot of people give credit to Andy Reid, but you also have to give credit to Eric, too, who's uh, coordinating, even though I, I'm pretty sure Andy Reid calls the plays. Um, but it definitely should be hired. Definitely would be interesting to see if he uh, went to Houston. Well, hey, it's been a great transaction news. And we even had more news on Friday morning. Tommy is incredibly happy. I'm happy. DJ LeMayhew will be back in pinstripes. He is on a five-year 90 – or no, six-year – Six year, what was the number? 90, 90 million. You were Six right. Six year, 90 million dollar deal to stay in New York. Definitely seems like he definitely took a bit of a New York discount. 15 million a year for the top hitter in the MLB is definitely a little low. But I mean, us Yankee fans are happy about it. We're getting him potentially more money out there to get another uh, arm in the rotation. But Tommy, I mean, I got to throw it to you. Yeah, I mean, it made my day. I woke up, first thing I saw on my phone was that they signed. DJ to that big deal and you know I was really surprised like you said six years 90 million it was reported that he was asking for five years 110 million so you know he definitely took that discount like you said but you know he wanted to be in New York the Yankees wanted him to be there and you know I figured it was going to happen at the end but it was reported that Toronto they offered him uh, four years 78 million I think which is 19 a year and you know, that's a pretty competitive offer. So, um, you know, glad that he did sign with the Yankees in the end. And like you said, the Yankees still have money to go out, maybe get Corey Kluber, um, another arm in the offseason. So a great move. Mike. Um, I, I was really shocked about how little money he took. Um, you know, he, he was always great in Colorado, always, you know, hit for average guy in base. And uh, fielded well, but once he uh, got to the Yankees, his power numbers really started to turn up. Um, he hit 26 home runs in his first year with the Yankees, and he hit 10 in 60 games last year. That's about uh, 
that's equivalent to 30 home runs in a single season. So not only was he getting on base, you know, um, putting the ball in play, but he was hitting it out of the park as well. So absolutely fantastic player. I was shocked with how, how, how much little money he took. I think he really wanted that long-term commitment. He wanted to feel safe for a long time. He's uh, um, on, the, on the edge of his prime. So we don't know when his decline is going to come. But I think he wanted that long-term security. Um, I, I just think he could have gotten much, much more money. But, you know, it, it's up to him. The Yankees got a fantastic deal. Let's see if they do anything with the rest of the money left over. Matt, definitely a great deal for the Yankees, Tommy. I'm excited for you. Um, Thank definitely, you. He was a guy that you wanted. You gave out the message. He, uh, he replied with uh, uh, an accepting that offer. And it's it definitely you could tell that he wanted to be on the Yankees if he's, if he's accepting less money a, a year than uh, the, the Blue Jays. I think we, what you guys said, the Blue Jays tried to offer him a deal. So that's definitely, it's definitely good to hear for Yankees fans. I'm not a Yankees fan, but uh, you know, I really don't hate any baseball team. So just happy to see that uh, Tommy's Tommy's morning was made today. Yeah. A lot's already been said. I mean, it's just going to be great to see DJ back in pinstripes and I'm just getting ready for baseball, Tommy. What, how many how many days till till open day? I don't even know. I gotta check it. I think it's around a hundred ish, but I know that we're five okay. weeks from spring. You're training. known for having an opening day countdown on Twitter. I know. You know, I haven't been doing it lately. I gotta get it going, Connor. We gotta but, get it going. I need countdowns. I know. I should start it today because we had the big news. But yeah, I mean, we're getting there. It's right around the corner and. They only have five weeks, uh, you know, to finalize the roster. So it'll be interesting to see what the Yankees do um, in the next month or so. Well, it has been a great week of uh, big sports news. And we're actually going to get some big games on Saturday and Sunday. We have the NFL Divisional Playoffs. We are going to pick those for our picks next. So we are not discluding them. And those are going to be coming up next. Welcome back to Go Chat. We are back with the Go Picks. Leaderboard is up, kind of cleared up the leaderboard now. There's not a three-way tie, but a two-way tie. Mike and I are at the top. Tommy is just one below us. And Connors, I want to say two, probably a two below us after the Warriors uh, lost to the Nuggets on Thursday night. But don't worry, guys. We got four great NFL divisional round games starting tomorrow. We got the LA Rams coming into Lambeau and playing the Green Bay Packers. I'm looking right now, 50% chance of snow. Not sure when that's going to hit, but uh, a high of 36, low of 27. So definitely some exciting playoff winter weather. Um, Mike, you're first. Who are you going to go with? Um, I'm going to go with the Packers here. Um, The Rams have golf back, and, you know, Aaron Donald is going to play. But I just think that the Packers are too good of a team overall. Um, And plus, it's going to snow. That's as great for green bay and their team they they play really well in the snow so i'm gonna go with green bay here i'm not sure if it's gonna snow right at like around game time but i think in the morning it might snow but still yeah um i gotta go with green bay that's a shocker i don't know um no but green bay's offense is just fantastic their defense has been stepping up at the right time and definitely uh they're definitely have to step up against cam Akers. i expect them to do so Ramsey and Adams is going to be a really interesting battle that we're going to see. I think, uh, I think Adams is obviously I'm going to think Adams is going to have the, uh, the better off of the, in that game, but uh, yeah, golf coming back. Um, 
Cup and Donald, I'm pretty sure, playing with the, with the slight injuries after last week. Uh, but I'm excited. Number one offense against kind of a number one defense um, on Saturday. Uh, Tommy? Yeah, I have to agree with you. The Packers are going to win, no question here, I think. And uh, yeah, not too much to say, but Aaron Rodgers, he's going to do what he always does and bring the Packers a win. So He just hit us with the no question. No question. That's right. Yeah, they'll be fine. You know the Packers. They they might even be in the Super Bowl, but Connor. Yeah, I mean, according to Matt, you don't go against the Packers when they're they're playing in the frozen tundra. So I, I feel for that reason and that reason only, I'm gonna go with the Packers. What happened to all that talk from last episode? Where are you yelling about the Rams? No now that they're gonna beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. It, it, you know Is what? It, It'll be the Saints in the championship game. Isn't Jared Goff locked in as his uh, go to the week? No, he's no, no. In my holding spot right now. Out of, out of everyone, you picked Jared Goff too. That was the best part. <laughs> Come on, Connor. I'm I'm disappointed that you did you couldn't stick to your guns. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next game we got Saturday night. Uh, we got the Baltimore Ravens going into Buffalo. I heard it was going to snow there, too. Not sure. I haven't checked the weather report. but uh, 50% chance there. Little Lamar's going to have to play in the snow. Mike, who are you going to go with? I'm going to go with the Ravens here. Of course you are. <laughs> I, I think the running game is going to bode well, especially if it snows. Um, I think the snow is going to help the Ravens. It, it just uh, amplifies the running game even more. Buffalo has a bottom-tier uh, running defense, and I think they're going to take advantage of that. It's going to be a close game, but I think the Ravens are going to come out on top. Uh, I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. Um, I'm personally, if it snows, uh, it's a plus for the Ravens' run game, but it's also a plus that the Bills will know how to play in it. So for that reason, I'm going to go with the Bills, the home team. I think Josh Allen has been playing absolutely fantastic. And uh, I'm not saying that the Ravens haven't, but I just think Buffalo is a stronger team in this in this case scenario. And Widow Lamar is, hasn't played in the snow. Who knows uh, what's going to happen there? I mean, he's probably going to run like usual, but uh, it's going to be a great game. Tommy, who are you going to go with? I got to go with the Bills, too. They're 11-3 and all-time in home playoff games, so I have to go with them here. Um, and, you know, I just think that overall they are stronger Damn Baltimore. Baltimore is a great team, but got to go with the Bills on Saturday. Connor? Tommy brings up a home playoff uh, win stat. They haven't been in the playoffs since 1995. <laughs> Jim they, Kelly was their coach or their quarterback when all that happened. Four straight Super Bowl losses, you know, all the Bills, great stuff. But no, I have to go with the Bills here. They're they're a great squad. I definitely think that they're going to beat the Ravens. I'm Many of you know that I'm not the biggest fan of the Ravens. I think Lamar is overrated. So, Bills here. I don't even think you're a fan of the Bills either. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> the lesser two evils he's picking between. Yeah, it's definitely one that Connor's uh, – he's definitely going to hate whoever wins the game anyways. <laughs> uh, sat Sunday, we got the Chiefs and the Browns. The Browns. Really great game against the Steelers. I'll just say that. Fantastic to see for them. Uh, Juju, Corvette, Corvette right out of the playoffs. That was interesting. <laughs> Chase Claypool is still talking trash on TikTok. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mike, who are you going to go with? I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. Um, I really don't think that Patrick Mahomes is going to throw four interceptions 
I don't think their center is going to snap the ball over uh, Mahomes' head on the first play. I, I think the Browns they played really well, but they, they caught a lot of a uh, they caught a lot of breaks. So I think the Chiefs are coming out on top in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the Chiefs. I think that this is the the easiest game out of the four to pick. What, Tommy? I gotta go with Kansas City too. They're I think they're the best team in football. And Andy Reid, he's never lost um, when he's played Cleveland 7-0 against them. So got to go with Kansas City on Sunday. Connor? I love these stats that Tommy is pulling out today. You know, I was going to go the Browns until Tommy said that stat. So now for that reason, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. You weren't going to. That's you a joke. Were... It's a joke. I just, okay. I'm giving Tommy credit. Thank you. I mean, like. We could talk about the Browns. The Browns are just like a sorry franchise, so I don't even think that's a incredible stat here. Hey, Tommy, we, we appreciate it. We Thank you. Good job, Tommy. Thank you. NFL.com, they got me covered, though. It's on the bottom <laughs> right there, so they got me covered. But Terrific. Uh, the last game, I think this is on. This is NFL game of the week, technically on Fox, since they got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman doing this. Um, but it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. They've played already two times. Um, we both know what happened in those two times. Mike, I feel like you're just going to go with the Buccaneers here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bucs here. here. I think their time's a charm. Um, I, I understand that, you know, they, they got absolutely destroyed the first t- two times against the Ravens, but I think they'll learn from their mistakes, and uh, I think their playoff run is going to continue. Yeah, they definitely learned from their mistakes in the second game from the first one. Uh, <laughs> that was such a great game. Uh, really great Sunday. I think it was Sunday night football game, too. I think the Saints are going to win this game. I just don't think that the Buccaneers are going to have what it takes to beat the Saints. Uh, Saints had a little slow start last week against the Bears. I think they put up seven in the first half, but the second half, they were just on fire and rolling. And even the uh, on the other side, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, Washington put up a great fight, so... I think it's going to be closer than the second game since the Buccaneers only put like three points on the Saints, but uh, it's still going to be a Saints win here for me. Tommy? This is tough. I, I keep going back and forth. I'm going to go for the upset. I'm going to go with the Bucks over the Saints, um, and I'll throw out another stat. New Orleans has won five <laughs> straight against Tampa Bay. But that's Tommy, the- why would you throw out that stat, dude? Because I'm I'm gonna say that the streak is gonna end. Right, Tom right. Brady's gonna he's gonna break the streak. You know it's gonna be like that uh, Kirk Cousins Monday night against the Bears game that we picked. That's right. That's right. Honor. I mean, it's got to be the Saints. I just like we we say that the the Bucks are gonna learn from their mistakes. I mean, they didn't from their first game, and I mean. Their second game was worse than the first. I just think this the Saints are, I mean, they're the number two seed in the NFC for a reason. Like, 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 yeah, the Bucs were the five seed and they're in the same division, but at the end of the day, like the Saints are just a better team. Wait, can we stop giving the Saints like so much credit? Like they're this powerhouse of a team. They scored seven points in the first half against the Bears. Oh. If, it for, if it wasn't for a dropped touchdown that went right through uh Javon Wynn's hands, that would that would have been a totally a uh, different game so yeah the, the Saints really didn't play well last weekend against the Bears they got lucky to get out of that game let's be yeah. honest did, did you watch the second half or no we I watched the like second watch, half they only scored like 14 points were you watching Nickelodeon and the Spongebob stuff in the background the Saints are so good is because they held the number two seed in the NFC consistently 
Well, they had Taysom Hill as their starting quarterback for four or five games. Like Taysom Hill isn't Drew Brees under center. Like, yeah, Taysom Hill may have been a viable option when they played the Falcons twice and the Panthers. And something exactly. Like that. They played no one. But it's still not Drew Brees. And the team still oh, fired. They fired on all cylinders. Yeah, yeah they, they, it was like Drew Brees was under center. There, there was no miscommunication between quarterback and wide receivers or anything. Like they played really well. So now you have Drew Brees back under center against this Tampa Bay team that he torched both games that they played. I don't think I like it's t- Tampa Bay played a close game against Washington. This game isn't going to be close. Tampa Bay put thirty points up against a top three defense in the NFL, and their defense That's fantastic. Allowed- their defense allowed points to Taylor Heineke. Okay, all credit to Taylor Heineke because he played fantastic. He was making yeah, against the Alex Smith defense. can't make. He was running the ball, the ball like Alex Smith can't run. What about that touchdown run where he leaped for the pylon at like the five yard line? Sure, he made great plays, but you're still going up against a Tampa Bay defense that's been highly regarded all season. All season, they've been highly regarded. And you're giving up 23 points to Taylor Heineke, who up until a month ago was a freaking finance kid. He played amazing. He played really well. It's not like he played like a backup quarterback and they scored 23 points. No, he played like a star quarterback and they put up that many points. Yeah, he played good because the Tampa Bay defense that's so highly regarded didn't play good. He was throwing tight balls in the tight windows and making tough plays with his legs. Okay. It's not like these wide receivers were wide open down the field, and it's not like uh, they were wide open running lanes for J.D. McKissick. The Bucs are winning this game, and they're going to advance the NFC Championship game. Mike's funny. Mike just lost himself first place in the – All right. All right, Mr. Last place. Let's see how your uh, streak continues. At least I have a trophy under my name. Do you? How long long ago was that? How long ago was that? Come on, bro. Come on. Tommy, how are you doing over there? Well, I don't have a trophy either, so I don't have anything to say, but um, I'm doing good. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we should argue more. I would just say that Falcons almost beat the Buccaneers, so just going to put that out there. Anyways, uh, another great episode is subscribe. Uh, watch some football this weekend. Follow us on Instagram. We, we, I think we got over the 500 home. Please tell me we did. Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay, that's good. We're not going to post about that, though, so so nobody just unfollows us because we passed 500. But anyways, subscribe, uh, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. We'll see you guys on um... Wednesday. Okay. It's like the days are just like. (laughs) We'll see you then. Peace out.